From Audio Boom comes Covert, a new podcast that delves into the murky world of spies, soldiers, and top secret military operations. I'm Jamie Rennell, and together we'll discover the real stories of history's greatest classified missions, told by the operatives, soldiers, and journalists who experienced it firsthand. Follow Covert on Spotify or subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Welcome to Travel First with Chris Coleman and Alex First. We are travelling to Prague today on Travel First. My name is Alex First and joining me on the journey, Chris Coleman. G'day, Chris. Greetings to you, Alex. I'm excited today for I have never been to Prague, so I'm looking forward to learning a lot. It is one of those places that I would highly encourage you and everybody else listening to go to because undoubtedly it is one of the most beautiful cities in the world. I do not say that lightly. I say that as somebody who has travelled extensively through Europe, I have been longing to go to Prague. Population, one and a quarter million people. Magnificently preserved historical centre. It's been a UNESCO World Heritage Site since 1992, reflecting 11 centuries of history. Isn't that one of the joys of Europe? Well, that you go there and there are things that have been around for a thousand years predating yep. uh, the, the white settlement in Australia. Yes. Absolutely. And again, I mean, we, we stress white settlement because we certainly understand that the Indigenous Australian has been there for, what, 40 or 50,000 years. Oldest culture in the world, I think, yes. Indeed. Now, Prague is filled with fabulous monuments, breathtaking views, rich in art, music and architecture, all of which I thoroughly enjoy. Best of all, just a great place to explore on foot. And I think that's a huge plus. Just about everything seems to be within half an hour, often a much shorter distance than that. If you don't want to explore it on foot, mind you, you can always hop on a bus, a train or a tram. And we, of course, chose to walk everywhere, except when we arrived and departed, because with baggage, we had a couple of big cases and two small carry-on luggage on wheels, we caught public transport, a bus and a tram, for the princely sum of oh, around about $5 Australian for the two of us. Again, something we have spoken about... Oh, jeez, I've lost count how many times over the years we've spoken about it, how tourists, when you go to Europe transport is set up for you if you arrive in, in most australian cities sydney it costs you a squillion and a taxi or you have the platform access fee in the train to get from sydney airport to the city or indeed anywhere else so it makes it a very expensive train trip melbourne there's no train line there are buses but again the buses the dedicated sky bus service it's cheaper than it used to be, but it's still expensive. Brisbane, you've got that special rail line. I don't know what the pricing uh, fixture is on it, but I know there was some contention about, about how that works. And so on around Australia. We don't have this welcome to, to our country. Here's a cheap way for you to get from point A to point B. Yeah, look, it's, it's one of those interesting things. I, I actually like the train in Sydney. Uh, from recollection, I, I just took it in the last few weeks, and I think it's something in the order. I might, I might be out by a dollar or two, but you're around about the $17 or $18 mark one way. Yeah, but if there's right. two of you, it's cheaper to get a taxi than to get a train. Yeah, I, I suppose the only thing is that I like the stress-free nature of the train in the sense that 
oh, my golly, you don't have to worry. Is there going to be a traffic jam here? And so on. That, that to me, is worth something. And you can go wherever you want. I mean, I usually go to the CBD. So, and, and usually it's Wynyard Station, which is great. I mean, it's really terrific. But there are so many points around town where you can get to. The only problem, and again, this is one of those things about travel which we've spoken about in the past, Chris, when you've got baggage... And you've got cobblestones because there's lots of beautiful cobblestones in Prague. It's not the easiest thing, even if you've got luggage on wheels, to roll them on cobblestones. So, for example, the, the big big square in the centre of Melbourne, the city where I live, Federation Square, you certainly do not want to be rolling cases on wheels across Federation Square <laughs> for the same reason. So, I mean, the, the answer really is, and it's very hard, when you go for eight weeks and you go from really hot to very cold because you've got to cater for both, but the answer is to pack light because the moment you've got more than one case each, it becomes awkward. Take, I reckon, take I reckon. one, maybe two very comfortable pairs of shoes and that's it. Mm, well, yeah, but naked walking around the cities of Europe won't endear you. No, no, even if you no. aren't wearing shoes. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That's the point that I even was Even in making. Prague. Even in Prague. But we, look, we made our way to the hotel, newly opened boutique hotel Golden Key. Only opened, we, we were staying in December, it opened two months earlier. And we were allocated a very comfortable room on the top floor of the three-storey building. Dates back, this building in the boutique hotel Golden Key to the 13th century, if you don't mind, and was once a locksmith's workshop. There you go. That was a bit different. Hence the name. Yes. Well, there you go. And and then it's in the heart of the castle district in Neradova Street, this winding, cobbled road lined with historic buildings that formed part of the original coronation route. So you've got living history. That's what I love about this place. From the hotel... It is only a five-minute uphill walk to the Grand Square in front of the castle. So that's nice. We're five minutes' walk from the castle. Ten minutes down to the extremely ornate Charles Bridge and across the river to the old town. So the Charles Bridge, and if you want to go into the city, great, ten minutes. You can check out this hotel, by the way, where we stayed at a particular website, which is www.astonhotels.as. TENhotels.com forward slash hotel golden key. So www.astonhotels.com forward slash hotel golden key. Thoroughly enjoyed our stay there. Best way to see Prague and to get access to all the public transport this magnificent city offers if you don't want to walk is by purchasing a Prague card. Many cities have cards with their first name on it and then the word card. So it gets you free access to many of the most significant attractions and gives you hefty discounts to others. That's the reason you buy these things. I had a three-day Prague card, which basically was great because we had three or four days there. So, And it was beautiful because it really got us through to... We, we were going with Eurail to Salzburg from Prague. So we worked out what we needed and you buy the card. Now, usually in cities you can buy them for a p particular period of time, for example, and I, I haven't checked this out specifically to do with Prague, but in some cities you can buy a three-day card or a five-day card or a seven-day card. It doesn't necessarily mean you can buy a three or four, a five or six and a seven, but the, the, the duration suits you best. Often when you arrive somewhere, 
it, it doesn't it's not worthwhile having the card that day because you might be arriving late at night so obviously you'd start at the following day and and you go from there anyway the following morning we were met by a tour guide called Alice who was organized through Czech tourism and Czech tourism did a wonderful job making sure we saw all the delights of the city and she Alice stayed with us through the entire day until 7:30 that evening so what was that 10 and a half hours with Alice we we walked 5 minutes up the hill from our hotel to the spectacular Prague castle mm-hmm. which has many attractions within it we spent oh best part of 3 or 4 hours there but you could easily take a lot longer to experience the many delights it's been an important symbol of the Czech state for more than a thousand years founded in the 9th century became the seat of Czech rulers and later presidents and we're talking about a castle consisting of palaces churches buildings to ensure security offices gardens picturesque spots such as the golden lane which is a series of small houses built into the castle's gothic fortifications which now show how people lived and used to ply their craft in bygone days i think that's a, a really great i really enjoyed golden lane and it was extensively renovated specifically this lane in 2010 marksmen and craftsmen lived there during the 16th century and if you well if i mention the name franz kafka the acclaimed writer i can say that he spent time there in the early 20th century that is the golden lane mm-hmm. there's a cathedral within the castle grounds that was established in 1344 took nearly 600 years to build i didn't know people lived that long <laughs> and we and we complain about how long it takes to build some things these days yeah we we complain about infrastructure all the time don't we <laughs> so well i mean hey they're still building a a church in spain hundreds of years afterwards look that that's the way they've got time on their hands that's the way they look at it so fair enough 600 years to build it's called the cathedral of st vitus st veseslas and st aldebert that's as good as i'm going to get with the pronunciation mm-hmm. it was completed in 1929 anyway and check kings are buried there and it's where the crown jewels are kept so you've got beautiful stained glass windows one of the many features of the cathedral easily you could spend an hour inside taking in the magnificent work of those who lovingly created such a masterpiece over 600 years When we were about to leave the castle we noticed that the changing of the guard was about to take place. Oh, another That, changing of the guard. Yes, this is the castle not the cathedral. Right. Right, you don't have a changing of the guard at the cathedral, but it, it was very much like that which we saw at Buckingham Palace. So so we stayed and watched that in in the large square outside the castle that it was just good. It was very very nice. And we also found people conducting tours by the way of the Prague city through these upright two-wheelers known as segways. Have you ever done a segway tour? I haven't done a segway tour. I I I still have a thing about segways. I I, I don't trust anything like that with with two wheels like that side by side that you stand on. You no, know. Right. You need you need that's... three wheels or four wheels to be stable. Two side by side, you're not so much. I did it I I actually didn't do it in Prague. We didn't do it that way because there are several companies that actually run the segway tours to various parts of Prague and certainly seemed like a lot of fun. and I I actually asked to try one of them and it was really straightforward to master you want to lean forward to move forwards you to turn to one side or another you just move your body to that side you know if you want to go left or right or whatever i reckon it'd be a great way to spend an hour or so in prague though and 
basically the operators offer both individual and group tours. So I actually tried it after our trip to Europe. I tried it in Queensland. Uh-huh. You can do it and, in Canberra too, around Lake Burley Griffin in the uh, in the Parliamentary Triangle area. Yeah, well, and, and it was fantastic. Uh, look, we got lessons on how to use it. You get a bit of a, a sort of, uh, it doesn't take forever to master. The only thing is that if you go the wrong way, you do what Alex did. What did I do, Chris? <laughs> I crashed into a wooden fence, didn't I? And fell over backwards <laughs> and hit my head. But, 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 Chris, it was okay. And yet here you are extolling the virtues of the segue. You're I a am. funny I'm man, Mr First. Oh, it was good. I, it knocked some sense into me, Chris. <laughs> no, I was, no I, was, I was actually I was wearing... They gave me a helmet. Thank goodness they gave me a helmet because I, I did fall backwards almost. That was the only time I fell. Uh, my wife, <laughs> who was on this tour with me in Australia, not in... Prague, I might say. Uh, she mastered it beautifully. She didn't fall, but a wayward Segway driver drove straight into her. <laughs> you don't go at speed, though, Chris. It's okay. You need to try this at some stage. I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I would gladly go on it again. No, no problems whatsoever. By the way, talking about Prague, my wife tried some local delicacies and you, you get the chance outside the the well outside the palace walls there are various food places that are very very nice I mean just sort of sitting there and so she tried some local delicacies chicken capsicum and onion skewers served with sauerkraut horseradish and a gherkin that was at one of the market stalls outside the palace good gherkin good gherkin she said it was really nice very very nice indeed so there you go. And there's lots of market stalls and they're really different. The way, I mean, they fit in with the theme of being in sort of close proximity to a castle. It's it's done tastefully, very, very well indeed. And then we headed to the old town across the Charles Bridge. I mentioned that was only 10 minutes from our hotel. So it took 15 minutes from, from the castle. And the, the Charles Bridge is Prague's oldest bridge, built to replace another crossover that had been badly damaged by floods in 1342. And it's built of sandstone blocks with fortified towers at either end. I think that's really important that when you're building a bridge, you've got a fortified tower to protect it. Of course. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, we haven't done that in Australia, Chris. Maybe that's that's the future. I hope not. I hope <laughs> we don't need fortified towers. But it really does look fantastic. Ornate bridge constructed between 1357 and 1402. So... They took, what's that, 45 years to build the bridge? And did, they, named, did they get over it? <laughs> thank you. Very Sorry. good. Sorry. Boom, boom. Uh, named after Charles the Fourth, who began the project. Now, from the year, bear in mind, this was 1357 to 1402. They then took their sweet time about things, Chris. They waited till 1683. And from the years 1683 to 1928... 30 statues of saints were carved and placed across the bridge on either side to decorate it. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. I mean, what I'm, you know, I was, I was being a, a bit twee about it, but quite frankly, it's beautiful to begin with. I mean, really stunning bridge, but then you've got statues of saints. It's, it's just a masterpiece, a masterwork, and, and I, I, I've never seen anything quite like it. We then walked into the old town square which is the most significant in Prague, that was built in the 12th century. You can see what I'm talking about. Everything yeah. 
a thousand years old, you know, and, and it's witnessed many, many historical events, dominated by the Baroque Church of St. Nicholas and the Rococo Palace, to name but a couple of the spectacular buildings. The town hall that was established in 1338 as the seat of the old town administration. The oldest part of the complex, consisting of Gothic towers, a bay chapel and rich symbolic decor, dates from the second half of the 14th century. And every hour between 9am and 11pm, 12 apostles appear on the famous 15th century astronomical clock. Oh, that'd be something to see. It was, yeah, absolutely. Well, we went to the top of the clock tower the following day, climbing the curving ramp and completing the ascent via a narrow winding metal staircase. That was fun. And, and what a sensational way to get a bird's eye view of Prague laid out in front of you without interruption. I reckon that's, that's the must do. You've got to go to the clock tower and climb it. And the day's last stop was the old Jewish quarter. That was founded in the 13th century, underwent extensive reconstruction during the late 19th and early 20th centuries, boasts the best preserved complex of Jewish monuments in Europe, administered by the Jewish Museum. That again is quite something. We saw three synagogues, starting with the one where the names, now this was really moving, as you can imagine, the names of every Holocaust victim from Prague were painstakingly painted on the walls Jeez. of the inside of the synagogue, Chris. The names are unfortunately so plentiful, there's no room for anything else. I, I, I mean, I, it, 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 it brings you to tears. A shocking indictment of man's inhumanity to man, a most important memorial. I'm, I, I don't know how to say that you, you're pleased you see something that is testament to what happened, but extraordinary what they've done there. And, yeah, as I, it, it's, it's, you know, from an eight-week trip, there's a lot of memories, and we're talking about them. That has stayed with me. Bear in mind we did this, well, going back now close to 18 months ago. I, I will never forget what I saw in Prague in that in that particular premises in that synagogue. And of the other two, we also saw a synagogue with Spanish influence, which I hadn't seen before. So that was rather special. And we were invited. I thought this was really extraordinary. We were invited to participate in a service. We were invited in by the Prague community to participate in the oldest, well, there's something called the Old New Synagogue, which is the oldest synagogue in Central Europe. So we happened to be there at the right time and we were invited in. It was a very special occasion, sort of, it, it, again, to experience the culture of something. And it, it's a, a building that is early Gothic, dates back from to the end of the 13th century, rich stonework, antique furnishings, wrought iron, Gothic grill and chandeliers. I mean, not what you expect to see, but it, it again, made the experience all the more special. The following morning, which was our last in Prague, we walked up the steep hill from our hotel for about 15 or 20 minutes to the Petron Lookout Tower, prominent landmark reminiscent of the Eiffel Tower in Paris and was built in 1891. And it was built, and this is really important, as a one to five scale replica of the Eiffel Tower. Now, it's 63 and a half metres high but sits alone at the top of a mountain. There are 299 winding, narrow steps that lead to the top. Yes, I did climb it. <laughs> did you count them? I didn't. <laughs> I, but 
this is interesting too. It's the same altitude as the Eiffel Tower. Ah, uh, so, see, this is what the French did wrong. They had to build it on a flat piece of ground in the middle of Paris, where yeah. the Czechs just said, no, we'll build the same, so, the same sort of thing, but we'll put it on top of a hill. Exactly. I think that's very clever. So, so in other words, as, as the bird flies, they're at the same height. And again, you've got uninterrupted views, totally different from climbing up the astronomical top, clock tower, but you've got a, this great view again of Prague. At the top, windows prevent you from access to the open air, but there's still an open air viewing platform further down Petron Tower. And look, Prague is, without doubt, one of the most magnificent cities I've seen. It, very, very reasonably priced. Food in particular is inexpensive as is individual entry to tourism attractions, if you choose to go down that route. And our tour guide explained, that this was on the first day, that they hadn't chosen to go down the route of introducing euros into Prague. And the local currency is called the Karuna. And she reckoned that helped keep prices down. I mean, that was her take on the world. But whatever, there were two places in Europe that were the most inexpensive that we visited. One of them was Prague, and the other one, I don't know whether you could guess, Chris, uh, in Europe, can you imagine what other place would be relatively inexpensive? Uh, oh, there are actually a lot of places that, I, that, that come to mind, so... Okay, I'll, I'll say... To I'm you... going to say, I'll say Budapest. Yes, well done. It is. It is Budapest, and we'll, we'll come to that and we'll talk about that in more detail, but they're, they're the two places, and not that others are... It, it depends on where you go, so... Some cities are very expensive and others are moderately priced, but really affordable or as affordable as you're going to get is Prague. And so please do put Prague on your wish list, on your hit list. And in terms of the amount of days, I wish we spent longer than we were there. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, I'm looking forward to going back there again because what tends to happen is you, you don't want to miss anything and of course in, inevitably you do and you hear about things after you've left that that it's it's at times frustrating but there's two ways to go and we've spoken about this before as well you can either spend longer in a smaller number of places or you can get a taste for everything and then hope you get back there in the not too distant future so that was our experiences in prague there we go. So there's Prague. You, so you, you did a lot of walking in Prague, so you didn't get a chance to, to explore the public transport system over there. Well, we did, we, we did in the sense that we, we caught public transport to the hotel and then in terms of, I mentioned to you that we were going to Salzburg next, we we basically, now we, we caught a taxi, all right? So that's, if you like, lo a local cab at lunchtime that day that we've been speaking about. It cost us... 10 euros to take the six kilometres to Prague Central Railway Station. I thought that was very inexpensive. Uh, I mean, what's that, around about 15 or 16 Australian dollars? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, something like that. And and that was that was great. So, I mean, after all, we'd, we'd then tried three forms of, of transport. I mean, that, if you count cabs as a form of public transport, and all of it was seamless. We didn't have any problems at all. But, I mean, it's not, look, it's not a big city in the sort of traditional European sense. And we could move around quite quite easily. I mean, bear in mind we were there in winter, but it was, was easy. It was really easy. So, uh, again, please 
put it on your list of places that you you must see. You know I'm a fan of towers, and I'm delighted that you you told us about the replica Eiffel Tower in Prague, which is one of dozens of replica Eiffel Towers around the world, and I'm seeing one uh, very soon myself. But there is another tower I've heard of in Prague, and I've looked Mm -hmm. this up while you've been talking. It's the TV transmission tower. Yes. Did you get a chance to see it up close? I know that you can see it from a distance, but did you get a chance to see it up close? We we saw it only from a distance. Yeah, because it has something rather special on it uh, that you do need to get up close to see it. The TV tower has uh, models of babies crawling up the side of it. Lovely. I don't know well, why. It... I have no idea what that's all about. I've just seen the pictures and and, and that's what it has. Is that sort of about maybe capturing them at an early age? I, I don't know. Sitting in front of the box as it, they were. It's art, perhaps. I don't know. But anyway, I just thought I'd throw so, that out. So, so that's something that next time I go back to Prague, I, I should put that on my list of favourites. Yeah, so get up to, uh, it is called the Ziskov Television Tower. Lovely. Okay. Thank you for that, Chris. <laughs> no we'll, ca- we'll catch you and we'll do it all again in about seven days. Indeed we will. This has been Travel First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. You've been listening to Travel First. For more, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the full podcast at Audioboom, Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bikes.com. From Audioboom comes Covert, a new podcast that delves into the murky world of spies, soldiers, and top-secret military operations. I'm Jamie Rennell, and together we'll discover the real stories of history's greatest classified missions, told by the operatives, soldiers, and journalists who experienced it firsthand. Follow Covert on Spotify, or subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite shows.